What's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. So if it's your first time coming to hang out, let me quick tell you what goes on so we can all be on the same page for the episode. The name Buds, Bros, and Superheroes acts as conversation topic placeholders for what we're going to be doing today. So in the Buds section, Travelers of the Green, we're going to be talking about just a little bit of that. In the Bros section, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about collecting. I like collecting. I've been doing a ton of hunting lately. Want to see what you're collecting. And then finally in the superhero, going to mix it up and talk about an actual physical comic book, which is cool, man. I'm not sure we've actually done this on the show. So it's a first, and I definitely wouldn't want to do it with anybody else but you. Uh, we'll talk about the comic book, but before I bury the lead anymore of the guest host today, we're welcoming back Daniel from the Reasons I'm Broke podcast. Good friend of the show, dude. Thank you so much for always being so willing to come and hang out. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for the invite, and hello to you on the other side as well thank you for tuning in for another week of buds bros and superheroes yeah it's been getting it's been getting a little erratic on your show you just were gracious enough to have me host with you we were talking about uh at the new job just got a new promotion and just it's been getting a little bit hard to try to figure out when and where i'll be so scheduling got a little up and out so for everybody on the other side who's still tuning in when we get to you thank you so much for your patience and Daniel, I know you're one of those people. So thank you for always staying supportive of me and helping out and everything, dude. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. It's always a good week for me when there's a new episode of Buds Bros. And hopefully we can provide that for everyone out there today. Too kind. If you are here, we're going to do what we always do of starting the show off, which is entering into the Bud section. So the bud section is usually those. Uh, some of my guests are also right here in the home state of Pennsylvania. If not, they can be in their own medical state of medical marijuana, their own home state of it, I meant to say. Uh, Dan, you sir, are not a traveler of the green. So usually if we're on these sections, we kind of keep it high and tight, if you will. We were just talking off the air. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a user. I would abuse it. <laughs> Let's be honest, Nick. Like I, That's what would happen <laughs> for me. But yeah, we were saying how last time we recorded, I think it was on this one, you were saying... We've you've since found out that there are medical facilities, medical marijuana facilities here in Florida, where I'm from. And that kind of jogged my memory when I traveled to Tampa this last couple of months ago with Kelly. We went to go gamble a little bit and there were these nice brand new looking buildings in Tampa that were for medical marijuana usage. Just in my area in the central Florida area, central Orlando area, there's not a lot of that that I've seen. I've noticed the CBD oil stuff. That's nearby, but not the full facilities. So I don't know if that's a recent thing for Florida. I kind of would hope that it would just be all over the place because Florida is kind of known for everything. (laughs) So it kind of took me by surprise when you reminded me, like, that's right. There are some in, in Tampa. When I quick look at a map, just yes, I do literally see two in the Tampa area. A little bit more are in the center, more towards there's a few in Orlando, it looks like maybe a few up. The Villages slash Leesburg. Hopefully some of these sound familiar to you. I don't know mm-hmm. shit about Florida now that I'm saying it. And then like the most southern one is all the way down by like Boca Raton and Fort Lauderdale. So like the other side far, far down. There are some, not not a lot, but some. I'm sure they'll pop up even more as, as, they, as we continue on because there's no way, I, I would say, if you're working in the field, it has, it's gotten progressively more accepted. I'm assuming more and more, you get more customers each year too, right? Yeah, we're growing a lot, uh, a lot, a lot as everything goes on. And especially, too, I think in recent news, like the House just recently wanted to get rid of it federally or not get rid of it or to make the law against it federally get rid of that. 
So to make it federally legal and it's going through the processes of look getting looked at. So yeah, I think the the it's getting a lot a lot easier. What do I want to say? That the leashes have been lightened a little bit, you know? That's a mouthful. Where there's money to be made, they will let it happen, that's for sure. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. Yeah, all of all off a plant that can't kill you if you consume too much, doesn't have a habit forming usually. Like, you know what I mean? There are worse things. Just just let's legalize it by now. If we got alcohol legalized, then yeah, marijuana should be. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Because I was also looking specifically for your state. I'm actually planning to come there twice this year so far. Not for a few months. My grandparents live in Braiding, Bradenton, I believe that it is. And then mm. we're going to do Disney in November. Oh, nice. Nice. Very cool. So you're braving Disney during the holidays. That's going to be, have you done that before? No. Not that I can remember. I think like the holidays, if you want to extend it back to October-ish, I think I was there for like Mickey's Not So Spooky Halloween, but like the holidays, the core, no, no, I have not. We're going to try to slip in around like, I think it's around Election Day or something like that. The Like the very beginning, the week before, what, what's, what's the Thanksgiving? That's what I'm trying to say. That's going to be it's going to be an experience for sure, man. It it does get really busy during the holidays and just in the area for sure. We get a lot of snowbirds and the tourists, the Brazilians are going to see a lot of Brazilians. If you didn't already see a ton during Mickey's not so scary. So it, but it will be fun. You're going to get to see the holiday decorations. I think they put them up that early. Like as soon as Halloween ends, they put up the Christmas ones. So if anything, just to see how Disney, at least the Magic Kingdom itself Christmases it up and then you can kind of see some of the exclusive shows as well that they do during that that season so i'm really excited for you man i hope we can somehow meet up i know you'll it's your vacation and you'll have your time all set up but i, I always like when other hosts and friends do come to disney because i'm like oh i'm nearby we can maybe hang out once or twice that'd be fun absolutely no that was already in the plan of i was going to ask you that for sure whether it was going to be during the actual show or off mic or whatever that would be a fuck ton of fun man I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited now. But that is a short little bud section. You know, I could go into what I'm smoking on, but it would just kind of turn into a Cresco ad like it normally does because I have some haze and haze. It's a wonderful little hybrid. I only say that just to always encourage people on the other side. If you guys are smoking too in any program and you want to leave a comment on anywhere that you can on social medias or whatever, it would be cool. That would be fun. Always feel free to do so. But we are going to close on out of that bud section super early and head into the rose section where we're going to be talking a little bit more about hunting, but not like big animal hunting, not any animal hunting, actually toy hunting or comic hunting or collector hunting. So I can once again bring up the last time I was on your show, we talked about a Bulbasaur card collection of Pokemon and we wanted to know more about that and any other thing you collect, man. So a little recap to, if you, in case you don't listen to the Reasons I'm Broke podcast, I have a collection of every Bulbasaur art card that they've ever printed. So with Pokemon, they do an English version, Japanese, French, Spanish, all of those. So I don't go through and collect every language, but I do collect the artwork. So for example, there's a Bulbasaur card where in the North American release, it's a particular art. And then in Japan, it's a different art, even though it's the same card, same set. So I will collect those different ones. But I do have times one of each of all of those, except for one, which we talked about was the Pokemon Snap winner's card, which I think they only printed 20 of. And it's somewhere in someone's collection and who knows how much it's worth. But that's one of the things in my collection. That's one of those where every time they print out a new Bulbasaur, they did it for Detective Pikachu, the movie. I'm like, all right, I got to go get it now. 
so that's that's one of those things that I'm always after. And there's a couple of grails that I've been very fortunate to now fill out in my collection. Most recently over the last year, the first appearance of Sinestro finally made its way to my collection. The first cover appearance of Sinestro was in that same collection. And then the Neil Adams recreation of a classic Detective Comics comic cover where he's up behind the mountain. You can see his big silhouette. He recreated that one with the castle and this horse coming down, this horse carriage. Uh, that one was also in my my Holy Grail list, and and I just got really lucky with with one knowing the owner of my comic shop. We obviously we used to work together and everything, and he asked me, "Hey, do you have anything you're looking for?" And I gave him the number. He's like, "Oh, okay, I think that's in this collection." Pulled it out, awesome, was able to get it. So those were I was really fortunate this last year of, of in my collecting. I'm like, holy shit, I was able to fill in some gaps. That's awesome. That's really amazing too when you can. Uh, it's almost a dream experience of what are you looking for? This here it is. Buy it. <laughs> Thank you. Like, oh man, I mean, kind of give me chills. It doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. And the Sinestro one was especially. I mean, he's one of my favorite Green Lantern. He's my favorite Green Lantern. He's my favorite Lantern. I think he is the greatest Lantern of all time. But when you go back, and I read the fucking book, I don't care. Like, I'm like, yeah, man, there's some guys that will put on gloves and all that. But I've worked with comics for almost 10 years professionally, so I, I can handle a book without it getting damaged or anything. So I read the book, and it's just funny how different the character was back then compared to how he is now. Of uh, He was a straight-up villain with the purple and, and black costume long head and then you read the jeff johns run and he's more kind of at when ethan van skyver was drawing him he drove, drew him almost like hitler but then as he became a little as the story progressed and he kind of it reveals that he did all of this for the green lantern Corps, they kind of handsomed him up a little bit <laughs> kind of like snape in the harry potter movies like let's make him look less evil let's make him look a little more sympathetic mm-hmm. so you go back to that first appearance and it's like yep this is mustache twirling villain era type of thing with the comics so it's just cool to revisit i recently was just at my shop when i picked up the book that we'll talk about a little bit later and i got myself a yellow lantern one of those all one piece one color plastic ones but still a yellow lantern ring because i too have always found sinestra really interesting to read so what is that first appearance then it is green lantern i'm gonna have to look that one up i don't have the numbers memorized all right, let me ask in a different way then. I'm sorry. How old is it? Like, I, I was curious about when did he first pop up, at least? So that one, the first appearance of Sinestro, we got the first cover appearance was in a 10-cent issue of Green Lantern number 9. And that was 1961, wow. so it was in the 60s. Okay. But and still that first pretty early. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, it, it was right in that era. And the plastic ring that you bought from your comic shop did they have a ton left still because i remember the last time they reprinted them like dc was like this is it the last couple bags and i think it was during the blackest night era I, yeah there was a few there that's Maybe good man or, yeah green ones and there was a few legionnaire ones as well oh yeah the, those we we still have tons of at, at the shop i used to work at but that's good that you got the lantern if you if you're looking to collect more make sure to nab them now because I don't think uh, Discovery is going to be printing up no plastic lantern rings anytime soon. So as soon as they're out, they're out. Good call. I will go back there to pick up number two of what we're going to talk about. And yes, I will. I will do that. It's funny because I already had a Legionnaire one and I was like, oh, look at these. And I showed it to my wife who I was like, look, we have one of these for reasons unknown. I had to show her. But the guy <laughs> goes, you know, it doesn't actually give you flight. And I was like, ah, how many people understand that joke? And we all right, do here. Right. like, you know, I fucking love that shit so much. 
Yeah, customers would ask, like, will it, will it make you fly? And, well, all right, yeah. <laughs> we all know that we know, yeah. <laughs> it's somewhat nerdy, but somewhat fun, too, because it's yeah. just, in your life, did you really ever think that anybody would take the time to mass produce a Legionnaire ring like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but there's so... a lot of weird shit in, in movies and TV shows that it's like, I never thought we'd get that today. So mm-hmm. now it's like anything's possible. Fuck, I don't want to spoil something, but I kind of want to ask you, too. Do Go I, for I it. risk it? All right. yeah, Do you watch right. Young Justice? I kept we Kelly and I kept up with it up until the last couple seasons. And then as soon as it hit HBO Max, we tried to give that latest season a shot. And it just we didn't stick with it. And Green Lantern, the animated series, was more my thing. And Young Justice was more her thing. So as soon as she checked out, I was like, all right, even easier for me. Gotcha. All right. I don't want to give too many spoilers just in case you go around. But obviously you could tell from where we were to where we are. The Legionnaire shows up. and I was like, fucking hey, dude. Like, this is, in my opinion, a great almost homage to the animated series itself of like they show up all the time, but only once did they get their own TV series. And I don't think anybody watched that shit. No. And DC still every now and again, they'll keep trying to make a Legionnaires miniseries happen or an ongoing series. Brian Michael Bendis recently tried it about two years ago. And even back then, when I was ordering these books, I'm like, no one's going to want these. It's, it's kind of like when Marvel di- tries the family of the Fantastic Four, like the kids. And it's like, no one's ever going to want to read these guys. Like, stop trying. I know the comic creators and the artists, they're big fans of it. It's nostalgia for them. But I, it's like, make another Batman book instead. You know that shit's going to sell. Let the internet complain. But you know that shit's going to move. Yes, correct. they'll complain, but they're still going to buy it. Oh, so. of course. <laughs> <laughs> So we talked about the Bulbasaur cards. Do you have any other Pokemon cards or is everything else kind of fall into the wayside as Bulbasaur takes up the, all the collection? I do have other cards, but I don't collect them as in in theme. There was I was going for the Mimikyu cards when they first came out. That was a newer Pokemon. Are you familiar with Mimikyu? Through you and only through you guys. Yes, you taught me what it was and it was the saddest little story. And after I heard it on your podcast, I, I looked it up and have since told anybody else if I ever see it. I'm just like, look at this and listen to the sad story. He dresses up to be one of them, but he's not like it's it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically it right there. To anyone unfamiliar wants to be a Pikachu, dresses up poorly at its best to be a Pikachu and wears it on its head. And no one has ever seen what the actual Pokemon looks like. It's like a ghost type. So I fell out of collecting those because they started coming out in in more, probably there's more Mimikyu's now than Bulbasaur, crazy enough. But it is a really cool Pokemon. So that was one that I almost kept up with. But when I open up packs, I usually buy things as far as Pokemon for like the tins, for example. That was the recent one. I bought an Electivire tin that I can hopefully keep some of the graded cards that I'm going to have coming in in about a month or two from Tree Frog grading. And that'll be a good way to store them. But otherwise, if I open up boosters and and anytime it's a Kingler card, I will definitely keep it. Or if the artwork just looks nice, I will keep it. I'll share it on Twitter. And some collectors have pointed that out like, man, it's cool that you just share cool looking cards. And I'm like, that's as casual as can be. Like, I just find the card that looks neat and I will share it. And that's about the extent of it. But there are some collectors out there that will try to find the most expensive card in every set and just, you know, hoard them and collect them. And that's great. You know, everyone's got their thing. There's something about finding the rarest one that gets people really excited and good for them. But for me, it's it's not that serious uh, anymore, I guess, is what, what it would be. It's just with Bulbasaur, for sure, 100%. 
Nice. And then really quick as well, because I found this so fascinated when I was on your show, you talked about the tree frog. I wanted, again, just let you kind of drop that and talk about that for anybody who hasn't heard on this side of it's it's a really cool gig you got going on. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> it's uh, I, I'm submitting to them for the first time uh, next week when other hosts of the show, Bobby, sends over his cards. We're going to send them off. But basically, you send them to a company. They encapsulate them kind of like CGC for comic books. They'll put a grade on it. And what's neat about tree frog grading is they will, most companies will send it back to you. Here's your detective comics and it's a graded nine. And you're like, oh shit, why is it a nine? Why is it? I thought it would be an eight. Why? I thought it'd be a 10, but tree frog grading, they'll actually put a subgrade underneath. Like here's the centering. It's a 8.0. Here's the surface. It's a 10.0 oh. Here's And you know, and they don't basically give you a breakdown of at that average, here's why we gave it a nine or a 10. So that's the neat thing about it. That's something that they do that no other card company does. And I, the only reason I came across them was through Instagram. And I think it was one of the suggested posts, the algorithm was working, doing its magic. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I love frogs. It's my favorite animal in the world. Bulbasaur is a frog. It's one of the, another connection there. And so I checked them out and, and the grading looks great as far as the presentation of it. Makes your cards look neat and they're waterproof. So you can put them underwater. If you have a flood and your collection all goes to shit, well, you know, your tree frog grading cards are going to be fine. But I contacted them and they sent over a little affiliate link. So 5% off if you use broke as the discount code. And and there you go. It gives us a little kickback, gives you a 5% off. And and it's a, it's a good way to protect your, your TCG cards. So if you have a Pokemon card, a Yu-Gi-Oh card, baseball, that you just want to protect even just for display from UV lighting and all that, it's a good way to use it. Yeah, I really found I, – I love that. That's really – very cool, especially at the very end there. You got me with the flooding because nothing can ruin cards or comics, in my opinion, more than moisture, dude. It's just an automatic fucking killer because nobody wants to buy a mildewy book or card or anything like that. Especially here in Florida, I would see collections all the time coming. It would break my heart when I'd see a comic that is just water damaged just from being in, in storage somewhere. And it's it's Florida. It's going to get hot. It's going to get humid. It rains all the time. It's like the worst state for collecting comic books really so you really have to be careful with your books down here and i'd get a comic and i'm like man if it didn't have this water spot here or this little bit of water damage this could have been hundreds more so you you it really sucks so it's huge for collectors down here especially to make sure to get mylar or to get them slabbed is what they call it so get your comics graded even if you don't care about the grade like my first appearance of Rachel ghoul came back a 5.0 i don't give a shit because i'm like that's my favorite batman villain i want to protect this book i never want anything to happen to it i don't want to i don't intend on ever selling it so i just want it in in protected condition because i i don't know when i'll find something like that again all right i just wanted to look it up so the first Rachel ghoul yes it is the one that i'm thinking about oh what a bitching cover dude it's the one yes. that's all green with him in the back and his hand reaching out right yeah and robin's getting shot <laughs> yep oh man i'm looking at it now just to bring it up and ooh, a little jelly sir very 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 cool that you own that very great cover there by we're neil adams again right yeah neil adams and written by denny o'neill oh those those sons of bitches those guys some of the best duo in comics right there. They, Isn't it? 
people need to give them way more credit for Batman because they brought Batman out of that 60s era type of goofiness. And they the Joker even got a huge reinvention thanks to those two guys really made them more sinister and more about murder rather than literally just playing practical jokes on him. Yeah, I always think about that card where Joker's or the, the cover where Batman's on a card that the Joker's cover on the cover. Jeez, I'm so yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, watch out, Gotham. Joker's back in town. Classic uh, cover, yeah. It is. He he is great. He's one of a kind. That's why I even went when I got the tattoo. I got, got a cover of him from Green Arrow, Green Lantern, the hard traveling heroes on my forearm. And like, it's pretty iconic. And I think that he's pretty iconic. So I'm going to maybe add something to the back there as well. Oh, nice, man. You got to reshare it on Instagram again. I saw it, but you got to put it up again and, and share that every couple months because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Neil Adams artwork on your on your arm. And who better than Green Arrow, especially he was huge with Green Arrow. He and Denny O'Neill also. So good choice on the cover, because, again, that that team really did a lot for many of the characters we both love. Yeah, I went for a second sitting since the first photo, and I'm I'm going for one actually in just a few days, probably on the day this drops on Saturday, and um, I'll post another one then. Cause I'm hoping by this last one it'll be done, but quite frankly, I just don't sit well, dude. I just I don't enjoy mm-hmm. it. So sometimes I can I guess he could just tell he's like, you know what, I can kind of finish what we're doing and we can go for another one. I'm like, yes, please, yes, thank you. All right, cool, thanks, <laughs> whatever you can, thank you, because I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> How many hours would you say you're sitting down at a time so far? I, at the very least, three. Three okay. was the very least. And then, on, you know, he's like, it's just not everybody's day. Because also we had gone with my wife that day. She got a full tattoo. So I was in the shop for like six hours before <laughs> that. So I was already antsy and sitting down a lot. And we got all that artwork that you saw, all the line work done. And he was like, well, how you feeling? I was like, dude, it's late. And I've been here forever. I just kind of want to go home. So. Then we went on to this next one. We got a shit ton of green done. And now hopefully we'll just finish out the explosion and like the ray in the center there a little bit. Nice. And does he let you pay per session or did yeah. you already pay for everything? And then you're just going in for the sessions. He lets me pay per session. So every time I go in there, I'm just allowed to do it a little bit at a time, which also helps, you know, yes. so I could sit for an eight hour tattoo. I don't know if I could pay for an eight hour tattoo. So it's easier to pay for like a three hour tattoo and then a four and a half. And then it's, you know what I mean? It's just, works out better that way yeah i would i'd say you're doing it the right way because maybe your artist can do it but i know for mine after hour three or four he was like i'm tired man i gotta i gotta stop and i'm like yeah sure no problem so some some artists you you're better off okay let's get you fresh again and get them get their clean lines and get their fresh coloring so everyone kind of wins as long as everyone's okay and it, it does get tough and you kind of numb out right your your arm just numbs out but then it gets uncomfortable it's not painful it's just really uncomfortable to just sit there so i get that man everyone gets tired yeah in my opinion i always think that it's going to be more of a pricking sensation but it's mm-hmm. more of a hot searing sensation and that's just not not that's where i kind of tap where it go when it starts getting into that that's where i'm like all right this is it feels like a fucking brand and i just don't want this that's the other thing. I, I guess your skin just gets so punished or raw or whatever to where it's like it does feel like a bad sunburn, like almost as if mm. someone 
is writing on your skin by pressing down with a pen, but they're pushing down really hard. So it's yep. not a, it's anyone that hasn't gotten a tattoo ever. I used to think that, like you said, it was like a, an almost like a needle type of pain or when I'd get a, a shot or a vaccine because it literally is a bunch of needles going into your arm over and over again. But it, it, it's really more of a dragging sunburn type of pain, which is way more bearable for me than, <laughs> than one shot. But it does get after a couple hours it's like all right this is this is enough <laughs> exactly but i am collecting those as i'm collecting other things kind of to segue back really quick because i wanted to ask you a question especially in florida because i feel like it's there's a lot more opportunity with the weather of are you a garage sailor will you go to like different picks or even flea markets to find your stuff i would love to be but for the last I can't even remember how long since I, I've worked in retail for many, many years, GameStop, the comic shop. I was always required to work on Saturdays and Sundays, which is prime flea market garage sale time. I haven't not worked the weekend unless it was a vacation otherwise. So I couldn't mm -hmm. get out to those garage sales. I'd always drive by them and be like, oh, man, there's a garage sale going on today. When I was on vacation in Illinois, my buddy took me to a flea market, and it was really neat to see some of the retro games that people were selling, some of the bootleg movies. <laughs> I know you've talked about that on here before, too, where you can find some really neat stuff. I would love to go more to flea markets for that, and I think if I ever get a regular during-the-week job, then I would be more willing to go to flea markets for sure because I'm sure I'm, I could have found so much treasure by now either pokemon or or comic books and it's it's one of those things too where because i've worked in the comic industry collectible industry i feel like i i'd have to be honest about something i'd find like let's say they had a comic that i know is worth more and they have it for five bucks i've heard the story so many times of these guys coming in like you know what this guy had he had this he didn't know what he had and i bought that all up for four dollars and i'd, I'd kind of be like so you're admitting to me you stole <laughs> like this it, i'd kind of be as the guy on the other side as a seller like come on dude don't tell me this so yeah. i feel like i tell the guy like look this is worth this much can I pay you that? And then it's up to them, right? But I know I'd find all kinds of stuff that I'd be willing to buy, and and I I definitely want to get into that. It's a dangerous game, though. <laughs> How about you? What kind of experience do you have on it? I just really quick, you made me think before I forget. Yeah. If you or anybody wants to get into garage sailing virtually, I found a fucking YouTube channel that I've become strangely addicted to. It's called Froggy Flips, where he just goes around. I think he's uh, Midwest, North West, yes. I don't know. I want to say like Indiana could be Iowa. I don't know. Anyway, but he just goes around and just has me thinking about it. So it's got me going a little bit more. And I just had recently found something fucking really nice at the flea market. Uh, an original 1993 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Thunder Megazord. So the first time that they switch Zords from their original, the ones that everybody kind of thinks of when they called out their names, the Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Sabertooth Tiger, Triceratops, Trinosaurus, and they went to the new ones, like that's that's this one. And the place that I got it at is a giant flea market that is inside, like, I think it used to be a Kmart. It used to be a something. So all the infrastructure of a giant warehouse is kind of there in a sense, but like they just kind of split it up into, I couldn't even tell you how many boots, dude. Like I really couldn't. It is a fucking maze in there. However, for whatever reason, it's stopping on the 22nd of mm. this month. 
So basically, more or less, he just needed to get rid of it, had it for a certain price last week. And I said, how about this? And he's like, no, nah, I can't. I can't budge. And I was like, all right. And just walked around and mm-hmm. I came back in before I was leaving. And I was like, dude, are you sure you can't? And he said, no. It's like, all right. So now I'm just kind of going through Facebook Marketplace and I see it on there for $10 cheaper than what he'd said in his actual booth, right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, maybe I can get it for even lower. So I tried and eventually, long story short, I did get my price. I went back, picked it up. Uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, that's great. He sells it to me. And he says, listen, I've got these two. And he puts out three other things and they are the Shogun Zords. So now if you remember, if you fuck with Power Rangers, uh, the show, they had these ones. And then these eventually go to the Ninja Zords, the ones in the movie mm-hmm. with the ape and the wolf and shit like that. And then they go one more, sorry, where there are the Shogun Zords. And he had three out of five of those. And he was just like, yeah, I just kind of got to get rid of this. Are you interested in these? He's like, throw me out some. And I was like, 20. And he says, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I just left there kind of bouncing, just like, all right, this is the best day. This like that was probably the one, the one, you know, that yeah, uh, yeah. we always remembered. I'll always from now on think about, was it as good as that one time at Sugarman's? And it'll probably never get this good again. No, of course not. <laughs> but that, that's a great I'm looking at the, the Thunder Zord now. It's exactly what I remember as a as a kid. Those swords were awesome. The dragon and the two the feet basically was what they were the blue and the yellow ranger so mm-hmm. it was all complete i'm assuming then if he was kind um, of not willing to yes. budge almost one piece and to be honest i'm really surprised so that red ranger the dragon could become a sentient walking person mm-hmm. which had a staff which is one of the hardest things they had have it has the sword has its sheath the only thing that it's missing is that the firebird has a tail that is not here gotcha but, I mean, out of all this shit from 1993, it's almost 30 years old. Right, right. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah, that it kind of stayed together for the most part. Now, I might be missing one other thing. I got to check somebody else's because the head just seems way too unstable. I understand it's a little bit older and maybe joints got moved here or there. You know what I mean? And it's a little like some arms you could like, well, the, his right arm you could put up the left one just kind of always sags no matter how much weight is in it. It can't really go a full 90 Mm -hmm. degree. You know what I mean? But there's something seems wrong with the head. I gotta, I gotta look a little bit more into it. So do you have them all displayed now or still kind of finding uh, it's proper, (laughs) it's proper uh, worship spot? A little bit of both. They're literally just like literally right in front of me right now. They're in the middle of our living room. My wife is forced to give up this table again because I brought down. I don't have the original OG one in its original packaging or even the legacy. So they just got bought by Hasbro and Hasbro put out a five piece set for the original Dino Megazord. Okay. I have that and it's considerably smaller, but I still have it just next to it because that is the one that it morphed into. So. In a sense, that episode where they're the the Zords are moving and they get zapped by the lightning to become the new ones. That's mm-hmm. that's what I had in my head. I had them next to each other to be like, look at that shit. That's a progression. Now let me ask you another one: Is the Dragon Zord uh, on the in your collection, or is that on your list? On the list, yeah. The Green Rangers original Zord, the Dragon Zord is it's it's hard. That one's really hard to find for reasonable. 
Because even reasonable, like, I don't need them to be pristine. I don't need the box. It would be a plus. But I don't really need it, especially for what I want. Now, my biggest trepidation in finding it is if they do make it for the new Hasbro Dinozord that mm-hmm. I was talking about, it would fit that when it goes to Super Megazord. But I don't know. That's just a really strange, nerdy complaint. <laughs> well, that was the other question, too, is would you care if it was a reprinting, like you said, a legacy one? Or an older one, because I've seen it in previews over the years where they'll, I guess, renew the license or whatever, and they'll redo a Dragon's Award. And I've always been like, oh, man, I kind of want to get it, but it's over $200. And I would never know, like, never really pull the trigger on it. But would you personally care if it was a reprint or a recreation of the Dragon's Award? Not at all. No. Like I said, for just these new ones, some people in the collector's sphere, from what I heard, are like, no, I can't do it. Look at the proportions. They're all weird. But me, I just remember being six and just wanting it so bad and now i could take all five take them apart look at them put them back together look at them it does everything i need for that sense like the collector just needs to be able to touch it so that's why too i'm a really out of the box kind of guy with that because i want to take them apart and put them back together just because like especially too with this thunder one didn't have it so all these clicking into places and stuff it's for the first time it's 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 cool that's good man i hope you can get one one day thanks brother other than that, comic collecting, I was able, I wanted to share with you, I did pick up a Crisis on Infinite Earths, The Death of Supergirl. I want to talk to you about that. It's one of my favorite covers. Yeah, the George Perez one. So you got that iconic cover in your collection? I did, yeah. I was just going through boxes, and it was great. So I was, I knew that I was going in for the two that, well, the two, because of dual covers, for the one comic that we're about to talk about. But also, I ended up going through a long box, and I found the one that I just talked about, the this is it. Double size shocker. Crisis on Infinite Earths. October 85, man. Mm-hmm. Originally $1.25. Found it for 12 bucks, which I thought was like super duper reasonable. Yeah, that's not a bad price on it, especially now that, unfortunately, George Perez is, look, we're looking at a few months out before he unfortunately passes, but people are looking to get those comics in their collection because they know that the it's they're going to get harder to find. Anything that's by a creator that's recently passed you just don't find those books anymore so for 12 dollars, and it's an iconic cover it's something that i think will go down as one of the most memorable moments in in comic history the death of supergirl and it kind of started this tradition of any crisis there will be like a major death we saw it in final crisis with the batman and now with with supergirl in the 80s that's a good cover to have have you seen (laughs) have you seen the pictures where george recreates that cover where he's getting picked up by a by a cosplayer superman no, I oh, haven't. You, you got to look those up. They're good. Okay, <laughs> I'm grinning year to year at the prospect, though. That sounds fun as fuck. <laughs> I'm, it's a good cover to have, man. I'm glad it's in your collection. It's a classic for sure. It's going to be another one that I think in 20 years, I know the 80s and 90s comics were highly overprinted, but it's getting to that. We're starting to get to that point where now collectors are, try, are starting to look for those and they're not letting them go. You'll see them in collections, sure, but not as often. The other one I got is a Dynamite proudly presents a Yoga Hosers with Colleen's Collide. Uh, It's so funny on the sticker that the person put on the sleeve. It says based on the Kevin Smith movie. Because I don't (laughs) think people had heard about it. You know, not very many people have heard about it. If they had, they hadn't seen it. And especially they didn't want this one. It's only four dollars, dude. And I felt like a fucking king. I felt like I was robbing the place for four dollars because I know I can get it via the stash like sent to me. But. You know, all that price then goes up. So for $4, I was like, fuck yeah. 
and they were they were probably happy to get rid of it. I, I don't mean that in a mean way, but the Kevin Smith comics, for some reason, I could I had a really hard time moving. It's just I, he he has comic collectors and they they like that stuff, but it's few and far between as far as the Kevin Smith books. And I have that same one. I know exactly what you're talking about. I pre-ordered it in previews because I was going to watch the movie and I did, and I I wanted the tie-in comic. <laughs> you got to get it. Just we're collectors. We have to. I love that. Yeah, maybe that's where we can even finish out this awesome bud section of just that. That spirit is really just something that's nice to know kindred. And that's why sometimes when we meet others and we get talking of just like, I I understand that, you know, especially DVDs is the last thing that I really hardcore collect. I don't need the skins. I don't need that. They're all in a binder. But sometimes I'll pick one up or I'll scour through just boxes upon boxes and find one. And my wife will go, oh, wow, is that when you need it? Or is that like a good one? I go, no, it's not good, but I needed it. It's got to (laughs) go in the collection. You know what I mean? Like I've started something I need to see it through. And in a sense, knowing it'll never end is kind of the fun part. There'll always be that hunt. What was the latest one that you added to your binder? I think it was like the Hangover 2. All right. And my wife's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I have the first one. The third one I just picked up. Because, again, it was a dollar, so now the hunt was to find two. I had to find number two because it just made no sense that it wasn't in there. No. <laughs> and bothered me in a strange way of, like, not enough to drive me insane, but just flipping through every now and then I'd get to age and go, God damn it. <laughs> They're going to find this one. Miss Congeniality, too. That's another one. I don't yeah. want it in there, but I love the first one. The first one's in there. The second one I found for a dollar. F- fuck yeah. You know, that flea market was the best find, and now I'm so sad it's going to be gone. <laughs> it begs the question as you and i are both big snyderverse fans is justice league in your collection is that one that you don't want it there but it has to be there because it's another dc movie absolutely for wow that exact reason no it's there <laughs> for that exact reason all right well that answers and you're not the only one either there's a lot of people in the snyderverse movement that have that in their collection and and then when they bought the Snyder Cut, they're like, all right. And then they replaced it or whatever. They did funny things with it just to trigger people. But that's cool. So you're you're hardcore about it. It's funny, like just to trigger people or to actually show my true allegiance, I should put like a warning, do not use or for educational <laughs> purposes only. Because I do think if I ever taught a film class or something like that, that would be lesson number one of be like, all right, we're going to sit down and watch four hours of awesome. And then we're going to see how somebody could fuck it up all in one foul swoop. Here's like, how it not could to make be it used. It can. It does have purpose somewhere. That's very true. That's that is true. You can absolutely study it. <laughs> There's yes. a lot to study there. <laughs> but that's in there. And then like on the other side, too, of like Howard the Duck. Right. That's true. Uh, that's I, true. I don't I don't love it. I, I see its purpose. I saw why it was made. I love you know, the, the, um, oh man, her name just flew right out of my head. Leah Thompson. I was about to say mm-hmm. Leah Romini and I was like, no, no, that's not her. But anyway, I don't like that movie particularly, but it's when I have a superhero binder full of superhero movies, like in that sense, or even comic book movies, I guess I should say it's gotta be there. It has to, especially for a dollar. Well, these days you're probably working overtime because everything's getting a movie. Everything's coming out on DVD more DC, more Marvel movies than ever. Your binder is going to fill up <laughs> if it hasn't already. It is. Yes. In fact, you know, and this will make nobody but you maybe happier. I have, in fact, switched. So DC has its own binder. It, it has to, man. DC <laughs> stuff. Yes. So Batman, the animated series, Young Justice, uh, Lois and Clark is in there. I have a few seasons of that. I have a few seasons of the original Flash. 
all the animated movies that have come out since like Doomsday, pretty much up until Wonder Woman World War Two. So I just missed the injustice. I think there was one. I, I have I've recently slagged on that. So a few of those have gone unchecked. But for the most part, DC has its own binder of pretty much complete. Because after I got the HBO Max, it's like shit. Like I've <laughs> seen it. I don't I don't have the the need to add it until I find it at a Target or something like that. Like for newer movies like that, five dollars, seven dollars, I'll be like, all right, then I'll put the disc in just to feel complete. And if anything, just for the sanity of your alphabet, we talked about that too, alphabetizing everything, needing to move every fuck A to Z of DC and Marvel, fuck that. Just separate them, separate binders, less movies to move. Even though it's still a lot of movies, less movies. Absolutely. Yeah, and that really helps. Always interested in what other people are collecting. If you want to put in any pictures and then tag us collecting, I find it fascinating. I love knowing what other people do because I love the passion. You know, the thing that just took up so much time about talking is just the pure passion of, oh, man, I hope I find it. And then finding it and having that and then going, what's next? Almost. It's a great time. Would love to see any of that. Always looking for tags or shout outs on the Internet. But with that, guys, we are going to close on out of this bud section and open up into the superhero section where this whole time I haven't said it. I can't believe I didn't. But we're going to be talking about a comic book. That comic book is godzilla verse the mighty Morphin power rangers that's right more power ranger talk for everyone so we had actually talked about this the last time i was on your show and you're like did you pick it up and unfortunately i hadn't i got really scared and i went and bought it like the next day shout out to comics on the green i texted them via facebook messenger that night they got back to me at like 2.30 in the morning. They are like, yeah, we have it. And I was like, wow, thank you. <laughs> Good. It. And they did, yeah. 2.30 in the morning. You believe that shit? <laughs> that, I do believe that. That sounds like someone who <laughs> uh, has a stronger will than I do because <laughs> I had to set that limit when I used to work at the shop of I, I can't be answering these emails at 2, 3, four in the morning i used to just answer them as soon as i got them like i'm like oh let me just take care of it let me take care of it and eventually i had to be like all right when i'm working i will answer emails because otherwise i'm at home working all the time so it sounds like it's the owner if i had to guess is who who answered you almost positive yeah you really really nice guy uh set out by boom studios and idw or is that the same i'm a little ignorant when it comes to that uh two different publishers yeah right, teamed that's up awesome and I am looking at, I literally have the books in front of me. Do you still go, Are you? did you buy these for collection or just for reading? Both. I did get the main cover, and I, that's the one I'm reading. Right now, I discovered today, actually, that IDW has an exclusive Godzilla versus the Dragonzord variant up on their website for, I think, $20, $25, and you can only get it online. So that one I'm collecting as far as, like, all right, and the cool cover but I'm not getting every single cover. It's just, there's too many. It's expensive. I'm not making as much money as I used to. So there are some that, that I'm definitely collecting and reading. And that one was one of them. The, and you can see it in the back of the first issue. If you go to the back, you can see all the different covers. And some of those are exclusives. The one I'm talking about is where it's a close-up of Godzilla's face and the Dragon Zord, And they're just beating the hell out of each other. Oh, balls, dude. That makes me want it because I'm going to need it because it's really awesome <laughs> as I look at the back here. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to have to send you the link right please. after this. Yeah. Oh, please. In fact, do. 
my wife's probably rolling her eyes. She's asleep and still probably rolling her eyes. <laughs> but I did go and I found the both, I guess maybe not even both. So you're saying the ones in the back, they released all of them. That's what Is it's that looking like. Works? Yeah. Cause I, I thought it was just pin art. And then I'm like, well, why would they just do pin art when it looks this good? They should do them as variants. So it sounds like at least a few of them that I've discovered. I'm like, okay, that's where they're selling that one are exclusive to retailers or online. Gotcha. So if you look at the very back there, I have the covers, the first one done by art by Freddie Williams, the second with the colors done by Andrew Dalhouse, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Very, very yeah. good looking. Now, I can't tell. Does Godzilla have pupils or are those the bottom of its eyes in this? Is it looking way down or is it looking a little cross-eyed? It's a little strange to me. What do you think? I'm thinking the pupils just because freddie williams did draw the pupils in the interiors so i I don't see why he would leave it out on the covers every artist kind of has that style and they tend to not stray from it gotcha so the art was the entire thing was done by freddie williams with that and i see what you're saying now Mm -hmm. this is just one of the covers that i have and then the other one is by how would you oh so you don't have it with you sorry ejsu ej sue I don't know. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but <laughs> it's the one with uh, Dragon Zord and Godzilla staring at each other. We have uh, Rita, Goldar, and Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Two, Green That'd Ranger cool. <laughs> on the front there. Oh, wow. Think of that fucking emblem, though. Think if he got a power ring. Yes. <laughs> he has We're going to have to ask my friend who was on here last time, Ryan, to draw that up for me because that would be freaking bitching. That would After be that, it. Yeah, right? Oh, man. After that, I see another one by Freddie Williams II, the one that you were talking about by Alex Sanchez. Just absolutely freaking awesome. So cool. Now that I know that they made other ones, maybe I'll try because it's funny. They were like when uh, the comic book guy, if you will, when I set it up, he's like, do you want to set up a subscription for these? Like, do you want me to set aside them? And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes. He's like, do you want both covers? And I looked at my wife and I was like, I'm sorry. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You've committed. (laughs) You got to do it. Just because, again, if you hadn't been able to tell you or anybody, the Power Ranger aspect is really what drew me to these books. Whereas, how how do you go with the Power Rangers and Godzilla? Which one would you say you're a bigger fan base of? I would say Godzilla only because there's some guys that I know, some friends that still follow the current Rangers seasons. They're they're still all all about it. They watch the Japanese versions as well, and they're really hardcore about it. But so I'm like, I'm not anywhere near that. I got out near Turbo, I guess, maybe a little bit afterward, just because my brother still watched it, my little brother, so I'd catch a little bit of it here and there. So the ones I'm most familiar with are the first generation of them, the originals, which is what they used for this comic, which of course was smart of them because the the people buying these comics are going to be people our age who grew up on Power Rangers. So Godzilla, I've seen... I believe every movie except for Shin Godzilla, which came out a couple of years ago. So I'm pretty much caught up. And then the Netflix Godzilla trilogy. Oh, my God. Those are my favorite Godzilla films. I will rewatch those from now until the end of time. It's just really good stuff. So my answer is Godzilla. All right. So you can actually help me as we go through this, because there was one part in which I was a little I don't know what's happening. I'm having fun, but I don't know what's (laughs) happening. So, again, kind of a first of I was going to kind of go through it, you know, almost read it with you. Maybe not like the words, but we'll go through the story really quick. Yeah. Is, that, is that cool? Sounds good. We open up with Tommy getting involved with Zordon. You know, the old good, come on in, Zordon, or come in through the telecommunicator. 
And what I wanted to bring up here is I really like the style of how they did it. The first box has um, Zordon floating as his head. You know, he's not mm-hmm. actually there floating as a hologram, which is the voice. But rather than having like a floating voice box, they drew Zordon in. It's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, that's something they didn't do from what I remember. And you just heard him when you watch the show. And I yes. haven't even seen that in the comic book. So that's a artistic thing by Freddie Williams. I, I don't I didn't see it as he's literally there. I think it is. It's definitely there for the readers to like, OK, I see who he's talking to. I get it. All right, cool. So that was kind of a really neat way to do it. And Freddie Williams, he's an incredible artist. So let let the guy do what he wants. What I is what I say. So I'm like, yeah, cool. Have a have a giant Zordon head next to him. I don't care. <laughs> It, he really is, you know, if I didn't already shout him out. Uh, also, the Andrew Dalhouse for the colors, letters mm-hmm. and design by Johanna Natalie. The editor is Tom Wallace, associate editor, Jasmine Joyner. Give everybody their due really quick. Sorry. Um, really well put together book. I love this page. I love the giant introduction to Rita. She doesn't get a full splash page, but she gets 66% of the page and like the dead bodies down in front. Like she's into some wicked wild shit right now, guys. And she's doing it in this evil kind of old looking castle. And I've never <laughs> seen her like straight up murder anyone. Right. <laughs> like no. obviously they kept that out of the kids show, but here it's yeah. like, all right, she killed those, those protectors. Oh yeah. People are hardcore dead around here. And I just love too. you know, I love it makes me sound like a freaking killer, but it's just really good composition of these two bodies right down at the very bottom, but they are the closest thing to us, the forest foreground. So it just really leads this tone of, as you follow them from the bottom, you lead up into her where her staff then points you down to Goldar, where she's got some shit going down, like just compositionally, you can really tell that again, Freddie knows what the fuck he's doing. It's 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 a beautiful page. And then the colors on top of that, where mm-hmm. that mystic swirl is coming off and being on top of everything without really overpowering it. Like this is shit that I kind of I don't want to say dreamed of, but like we're talking about, it's not it's not for babies. It's not for kids. It's it's more grown up and someone's taking this shit super serious. And I love that. And that's I think why fans like us enjoy this, where they are taking it. They're respecting the material. They're not just making the Power Rangers and Godzilla fight like here it is like they're actually taking their time to they know their shit. They know what they're talking about. They know how to what the characters can do, why Tommy would be by himself. All of that stuff just fits you as a fan are reading this like, okay, yep, no, that fits. That's what it what he would do and all that. It's just it fits really well. You can tell that they were fans of all of these things. Yeah, because it's funny when you go back and you watch the show and you think about why Tommy was split, as I was just talking about, like the Thunder Zords and everything. So the, when they got the Thunder Zords, Tommy was still the Green Ranger and the Thunder Zords and the Dragon Zord never teamed up together because they were two different shows. But when he switched to white and he got his white Tiger Zord, they did. But what that kind of let happen was the fact of like Tommy had to have something to do. So some of the times they'd be like, all right, you go get these guys. I'll go over here just so they can cut footage easier. So yes, you're, you're 100% correct when I'm like, why aren't all the Power Rangers doing something? It makes sense that Tommy's just on a solo mission, on his own, just doing something, because it could be at a time where they weren't cutting footage of the same seasons together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, is that temple that Rita, is that a reference to Power Rangers lore, as far as like that medallion or whatever she finds, the multiverse power thing that powers up her staff, or is that original to this comic? As far as I know, it would be original to the comic. Gotcha. It doesn't say anything about like the multi grid or the uh, morphing grid or anything like that, which would kind of 
give a nod to things I know because I'm not quite at the level of what you were saying. Some of your friends are either of in terms of going all the way up until current seasons or even then getting on top of the Super Sentai. I like to learn lore about it. I watch YouTube. I like to read the comics. I watch the old episodes and stuff. So some like it could be is what I'm trying to say. If anybody's on the other end, like, no, he doesn't remember episode blah, blah, blah of this season. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. But you can teach me about it. Like, like I said, I'm down to learn. But as far as I know, no, the multi multiversal focus, the Power Rangers. No, I don't know anything about that. Only reason I asked is they had like this close up shot of that stone or whatever. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's. It looked like Earth a little bit, so I, I, I had to ask just to just to see. So it could be, I guess, or maybe they'll explain it in future issues. There's five, four more to go. Mm, I love that. And do you also know the release schedule off the top of your head? It should be monthly. Off. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Tommy's like, I'm not going to let bad shit happen. And the first time we see him literally kicking ass, and again, back to that adult theme, he's kicking Goldar right in the chin and like blood <laughs> splurting. And it's like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> we never saw that shit in the show either. It was usually Sparks or something like that. Scorpion is here, which is another weird deep cut that I really like of bringing back. Like, I understand that reference. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I could almost hear the Go Green Ranger Go music right when oh. he entered in. <laughs> Nick Carter, dude. So not not like the Nick Carter of Backstreet Boys fame, but the guy who did all that music. His name is Nick Carter, and you're right. I can also hear that as well. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Oh man, sorry, I got so sidetracked. <laughs> So more or less, Rita is talking about all the bad shit that she wants to do while Tommy is trying to stop her. But Goldar and Scorpina keep getting in the way. And at the very end of then what is the third page? Again, we're talking about great layout and composition of Rita's face. But now she has the stone in her magic scepter. And it says, yes, yes, that's it. In the, fa- in the facets, ooh, faucets of stone, I could see everything. So it's kind of doing what we're... As an audience, in my opinion, getting very used to of a multiversal theme, like we're going to go to a different Angel Grove. And that's exactly what happens. And that's kind of the way that they have to go about doing these where because you can't ever say, well, Godzilla has always been in the Power Rangers world because they would have fought him by now for sure. <laughs> it's a giant monster causing all this wreckage up in the surface. Godzilla would have come up like, what the fuck is going on up here and fought the Rangers. But here, this is a way to do it. And this is a way to to get Tommy involved in there, he gets caught up in it and they explain it perfectly. You will get to it, but it's, it's a really good setup. Done very beautifully. The next page there is full splash of like Rita doing magic stuff. Well, not full splash. The bottom has a little bit, again, I don't know what his style is in that regard, but it's cool on this page. It's really very much their own, which is hard to do anymore in my opinion, but Beautiful. They get zapped to this alternate angel grove in which monsters do exist. And we see Godzilla fighting who, sir? I initially thought that it was a almost like a Power Rangers monster, but that's one that is I've seen it in Godzilla. I don't know its name, though, but he's fought him before. It's like a it's not someone that has caused him a lot. It's just like, okay, he beat the guy. You know, it's not someone huge. But I, I don't know the name, no. Oh, okay. Just really quick, I went a little too far. So we are explained by Rita. Yes, I brought us to a world where the Power Rangers never came to be. Our greatest enemies do not exist in this reality. The world is completely defenseless against our monsters. But then, yes, we see these two other giant monsters. And even like Goldar, Goldar and Scorpion are like, what the hell is going on here? 
<laughs> yeah, and I just looked it up. It was Megalon is the monster that Godzilla is fighting, and mm-hmm. it appeared in an in a team up type of movie where Jet Jaguar showed up and then Gigan showed up, Megalon. So it wasn't like a solo villain. He had to the villains had to team up to fight Godzilla and and the um, Jet Jaguar. Okay. See, this is why I'm so happy we're doing this together, because not only that, I was a little curious on who that was going on. But as we continue, we kind of just have Rita standing there. that's like, yeah, monsters are happening. And now, look, you turn the page and there's a giant spacecraft, you know, alien visitors, observers, spectators from another world. We see Godzilla bitch slapping the hell out of that guy. And then <laughs> they're getting beamed up onto this UFO. And that's where I'm going to have you go, man. Like, what, what's going on here? So this is where Rita initially obviously there's conflict between the the villains that we're getting in the story, but these are aliens that are tied in closely to Ghidorah. We're going to get Ghidorah in the story. There's no way that the Power Rangers don't team up with Godzilla to fight Ghidorah at some point. That's the biggest villain. You already have the aliens in here that are trying to take over Earth. And I don't know if in this lore, Godzilla has fought Ghidorah yet, because that's one thing they can rewrite. It's its own little story. It's its own universe. They can say, and here's our monster, Ghidorah. It might be the first time that he fights him. I don't know. So that could be the route that they take. But that's where initially at least Rita fights these other aliens. And then they kind of find out that they have a bit of a mutual interest. And Rita's learning about this world and learning that it has its own protector that are not the Power Rangers. So still an obstacle for Rita, something that she has to defeat or conquer to rule the Earth. I love, too, the little quip as they fight. She's like, all right, now take me to your leader, which is super alien. Like, it's kind of, in turn, its own camp, which (laughs) reminds me a little bit of Godzilla, because sometimes they got a little... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially, too, when you look at these outfits. (laughs) We do have the first then shot of the rest of the Rangers all looking not anything like their, their counterparts on the TV. I'm wondering if that 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 has to be like a image use right or something, if I had to guess. I would think so, too. I don't know what kind of contract they did sign so that they didn't have to look exactly like they couldn't have their images used. Maybe they they did get a really good contract and maybe that's why they're like, all right, well, let's not make Jason David Frank look like him. And even in the comics that were based on the original season, when they drew these characters, it's like, all right, well, you can you know who they are. But they they don't look exactly like the actors. So that that could be although in the past they've done photo variants. So I'd be curious to see what kind of payout that is. It might just be Freddie Williams kind of stylizing the characters to look what look like what he wants them to look like. When he drew Batman, he drew like an Arkham style beefy Batman, not like the comic book one. So I don't know. I, I, I'm leaning more towards Freddie Williams just kind of messing around. It is cute, though. They put their names on them just in case, all color-corded mm-hmm. just in case, so we're all very good on who's who. The Zordon here is probably the most bitchin' Zordon I've seen in almost <laughs> any interpretation. Like, it seems almost as if energy is flowing through and, like, every now and then, like, making a, a shadow to create his face more so than just the standard head floating in a tube. It's pretty cool. That has yes. to all just go to credit to the colorist, because... It's it's obscure. It's 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 weird, but I like it a lot. 
And that's another thing. If you like, you've read some of the older comics too, and they'll they always mess around with how he looks. Like sometimes they'll have him with no pupils. <laughs> like they'll really make him look super cybernetic in in a way, so they can take their liberties with him too. Yeah, but at the same time, can still only hear David Fielding. Fielding, Felding in my head as I read. You know, Alpha Five. We must not jump <laughs> to conclusions. Of course. Primary object. You know what I mean? I could still hear the guy, and he tells the other five like, bro. Jason's or no, not Jason. Tommy's in trouble. I was about to say Jason David Frank, but <laughs> that's that guy. They're like they're in trouble. We zoom back to these spacemen who are like they. These are the Ghidorah guys who are explaining they just want Earth, but Godzilla keeps stopping them, so they keep making monsters to take down Godzilla. And Rita's like, bro, making monsters is what the fuck I do. Which again, as you were talking about, like, oh, this all kind of makes sense in a very strange way, but it's all making sense of why these characters would come to meet. I'd be curious to see, and we're probably going to find out who's better at creating monsters, because are Rita's power level monsters on that same plane as Godzilla's, you know, in that world? Because the Power Rangers are able to defeat Rita's monsters every week. But You're as cool. we find out, Godzilla is like incredibly strong in this issue. I like that. Yeah, and we're going to get to that right now. So, like, Tommy wakes up out of nowhere. And I don't understand it, but again, it's comics. We're going to let it happen. It's crazy. Like, I don't understand how the Dragon Zord gets to this <laughs> different universe, or even, you know, maybe it was just always there. Because just because this group of Power Rangers didn't come to be doesn't mean that the original person who put the Dragon Zord there didn't put it there. You know what I mean? This could be its first time ever being awakened. Because Tommy still does have the flute. Yeah, I had that exact same question, too. I, I, I chalked it up to either the flute is magic and anything tied into the flute also came with it. So maybe the Dragon Zord would have also been materialized in that world. But I think yours makes more sense of there hasn't been a or the Green Ranger that is alive in that universe is dead or never awoken that dragon sword so he's able to control it as well there's there's a couple different ways you can go about it but i, I had the exact same question i'm like what <laughs> how's, how's that how'd he show up yeah he just was sent through the grid as well because they're all in the grid. yeah it didn't make sense until that but then to your point of going back of like why didn't anybody find it there before you know godzilla's mm -hmm. swimming around the fucking ocean all the time you would have thought that he'd run into a giant lizard robot just sitting at the bottom of the sea and go hey the fuck's this but yeah. they don't. He calls them. They come up and they get into a pretty good fight. One that I thought was going to last maybe a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, honestly, spoiler alert, guys, the Dragon Sword gets its ass kicked. Like crazy. It was a little, yeah, it was, I was I was a little it gets one or two shots in. But the thing that we discover and back to what you were saying about is Rita going to be able to make something to stand up to Godzilla is that she tries to do magic on it. And she's like, oh, no, we can't I resist my magic. And the alien guy's like, as I said, these monsters, especially Godzilla, are all but impossible to control. So I think that's going to come back somewhere to bite her in the ass. Yeah, they're going to create something probably with Mecha Ghidorah and she's not going to be able to control it. And then I bet you. Either Godzilla, Godzilla is going to have to fuse somehow with the Megazord. Like, it's going to happen. Oh, gonna, it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, Daniel. <laughs> oh, on him sir. Or <laughs> you just made my nerdness go to an 11 to the point where I went, pa. Like, that would be so cool. Like, an organic piece to a Megazord that they're going to build. Holy shit, I hope that's true. Oh, man. Very good. 
as we turn the page, we get Tommy trying just at least one or two things to keep his buddy alive. And we get the iconic shot of uh, the Dragon Zord's fingers becoming the missiles. Mm. And once again, of just almost, I can't help but hear the do 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 <laughs> like the sound effects that they played on every episode. And for a second, it looks like that that might help. That might actually do something. But Godzilla is just too damn strong, man. And I love the way he's drawn once again to kind of go back and gush a little bit over freddy he's he's got this scene or this this stance where he's looking over him and his hands just kind of coming out of his side like it's it's a little humanoid i like the way he did godzilla here you know it's a it's a little less lizard in the shot yeah Especially, right who's this motherfucker like he's, mm. just, <laughs> he's really upset at seeing this this other dragon is like all right well i'll kick your ass too <laughs> and then too if you look at the long panel on that and get close up on that face. It's almost like back to the cat face. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I love that. I love the way he looks in this. And it's just, you know, there's not a lot of dialogue going on. So your eyes kind of can move quickly, but really if you take the time and look at what he's doing, just in terms of the swipes and making your eye float around this page, it's, it's really, it's done great and ends in what I think is almost a horrifying way Hmm. of at the very bottom. We have Tommy going some sort of power buildup, I need to get the dragons or out of here before. And in that panel is, is his visor cracked and you can see his eye or do you think they're just letting us see through it for dramatic effect? I, I think they're just letting us see through it. Cause it didn't look like he himself was damaged when he got transported. Now, if he were inside the dragon sword, I think like, okay, yeah, maybe his visor's damaged, but I think, yeah, it's for effect just to see how shocked Tommy is to see the dragon sword get defeated in this way. Just manhandled. Yeah, so quickly, because I wasn't sure if somehow as the Dragonzord was getting his ass kicked, if it was also like, you know, we've heard so many times through the grid that they're connected. I wasn't sure if like it was something like that, but I like your way better, especially when we go to the next page there. We do get another shot of the eye, but I don't see anything broken. It just looks like a visor. Mm hmm. But right after the page I was talking about with the with the eye, we get a full splash of Godzilla just Godzilla-ing the <laughs> shit out of this dude. It looks really good. The only thing I don't like is the Dragon Zord's hand just looks a little too real. It doesn't look like a robot anymore. Gotcha. You nitpicky. It, it's gonna happen, <laughs> especially as a big a Power Ranger fan as you are. You know that it's a robot hand. You know, it can't look too humanoid or or alive for sure so there's 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 gonna be zoom up on them yeah exactly (laughs) but then again i'm super nitpicky because i don't know i like to look at i don't how long does it take you to read a comic sometimes you know i usually do one quick reread or one re just straight up and then if i really like the comic then i'll go back and study the artwork a lot more so that's that's one thing that i will i don't know maybe takes me seven minutes to read one if it's depending on the writer because some writers like to really throw some dialogue in there but this one like freddie williams you can just breeze through this comic it's a lot of action very true it culminates to then you know tommy saying no way that blast the dragon sword's never been hit that hard before (laughs) and it's true you know it's he's really just got his ass rocked to the point now we have godzilla lift him and hold him over his head in what kind of reminds me of a little bit of Bane and Batman yes. action. 
I got that exact same thought. I'm like, he's going to break the, the dragon sword. <laughs> My man. See, that's why we're friends. Cause that's, that's, that's what I thought was going to happen immediately. I thought the next page was going to be him ta- either, <laughs> either putting him over his knee, which I really wanted, or maybe just a flat out tearing in half. Right. <laughs> but instead, you know, we get Tommy, we're zoomed in on his face, the same effect that we just talked about of the visor being transparent for a second. So we get a full eye, it, it shocked open like could not open anymore and you know tommy it can't be that monster thrashed the dragons over and i don't have any backup and then in the bottom right as comics like to do we get a not so fast tommy and since it's wrapped in red we know it's probably the red mm-hmm. ranger which it is it's jason and you know it took zordon a bit to track you down but we're here and just like it and just in the nick of time like it looks from and then they all kind of say their own thing and you know it, it's it's time i say it's time to bring some dinosaur power and then we get it to be continued and that's when they're going to be able to i'm assuming have a more even fight with godzilla because i guess if they had made that fight closer between the dragon sword and godzilla then it'd be like okay well the megazord is easily going to defeat godzilla so if they show godzilla just strongly overpowering the dragon sword then you as a reader can say okay well maybe the dragon sword now or the megazord will be able to combine with the dragon sword or something and be able to fight Godzilla and probably beat him. I, I would not be surprised if we saw a defeated Godzilla in the next issue. Yeah, or at least, you know, kind of what they did in Kong versus Godzilla, where very much so Godzilla did kick the crap out of Kong mm-hmm. and Kong had to take a breather. Came back right. to fight Mecha Godzilla, but I would enjoy that too if they're like, all right, they put him down and then they realized, oh shit, there's Ghidorah, you were saying, and now all of a sudden he just needs a breather while they get it. But I really hope for two is yes, we get the Megazord. Because how can you not? Then we can go on and add the Dragon Zord on top of that. I think that's then like the Ultra Zord, maybe. But if you bring in even one more, Titanus comes in. You get the Ultra Megazord, <laughs> I believe. And that'd be cool. So like that's the one where it's the Megazord and the green guys on top of them. And then they jump in the Brachiosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a and lot of fucking like Zord. A, like a finishing blast, basically, right? Yes, Absolutely. And as a kid, I never noticed, but when you watch now, dude, they just film the toys, you know? When you watch some of the old, old ones, they had at least giant models, more mm-hmm. detailed models that they would make the Megazord. But when they got to Titanus and stuff, you can literally just tell it's a toy and somebody put the camera down low to look at. It's pretty funny. So it's literally the toy that they released? It's not even yeah. like a special one just for the show? Nope. That's hilarious. I shit you not, dude. Yep. <laughs> Well, on one hand, you can faithfully recreate the scenes exactly like they were in the show if you have the toys. Absolutely. And going back to the collecting, that would be cool. That would be one. That's a weird deep cut that they didn't make a lot of them. So to collect the Titanus would be awesome. But to see it in this comic, I think I think we can, because if we do go by the assumption that they've been there since prehistoric times, they just had nobody to call them because the Power Rangers mm-hmm. never came to be. We could get all of them. That's true. Now, do you, ooh, sorry, do you get here? So at the very end, you know, we get the next issue. All the Rangers are kind of on the ground. It looks like they got their ass kicked again. We get a very, once again, cat-like Godzilla, in my opinion, kind of looking down on them. I love this design. We get Reed in the back, but who is this person with their their back, with their foot on Tommy's back? Do you know, is that like a main character or just another alien person? You're talking about for the second issue? For the yes. preview of the second one? Yeah. So that that is another one of the aliens from the from that she had teamed up with. But I was curious if that was 
Scorpina even? Like maybe if she took on that's not Scorpina, right? Is is that does she have the same hairstyle? Oh, that's a good call. So let's go back and see a picture of her. I mean, it could be. Because I know Freddie, every time they do the crossovers, at some point they like to have, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers crossover, they had them switch costumes. So they mm. like to do that a lot. So I wouldn't, that's why I was curious if it was one of the Power Rangers villains at least. But no, it, it does look like one of the aliens from the from the spaceship. Although from what I remember, the movies, they were all male. So that's interesting. That's why I had that question. Huh. I guess we'll just have to find out, dude. I would like to do this with you as it comes out, because this was a fuck ton of fun, man. Yeah, I guess. So it, it also looks like she either she's controlling Godzilla also or Godzilla is going to be <laughs> kicking her ass here in a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's either coming up to snatch her, but she's got some magic going. That's also kind of coming from his back. Yeah, that's true. But we did just see, you know, that it didn't matter. But all again, all the Power Rangers, you know, it, it didn't really seem like the other five showing up seems to matter. At least not yet, because they all look pretty laid the fuck out. It'd be another cool way to do it, too. The way she was able to corrupt the Green Ranger. make Because she made the, in the original lore, she made the stone specifically as an evil ranger, right? To, to fight them. Yeah, she somehow, I don't know if it's ever brought up how she got the sixth power coin. But she did get it and then used it for evil in tangent with uh, an evil candle. Right. The one that would burn. And then when it burned out, then his powers were gone. So I'm I'm curious if she does something similar with this Godzilla. I don't know if she's able to make a power coin to control him specifically. Kind of like a throwback to Tommy as well. So I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. I'm just really now hoping because I still can't get the idea out of my head of like them somehow attaching their zords onto godzilla fuck yeah <laughs> come on that sounds so good zordon's gotta, gotta have something <laughs> well sir like i said this was really really fun i hope that we could do this as they keep coming out i how many issues did you say they're doing four right uh, four more so I, it should be five four total more nice oh i like that i like a little series they wrap it up and then i'm sure they'll put it all into one big book Yes, and that's how I like series that I really like or that I want to reread. I will also collect it as a trade paperback just so I can have it at access all the time, not have to dig up every issue and read them. So this is going to be one that I get just like he did Batman Power Ranger or Batman TMNT before Freddie Williams and those I collected in trade. And now I'm, I'm, I've got to do the same with this one. And I hope there's a sequel. If it sells well enough, if you like Godzilla or Power Rangers and you like this first issue, go out and buy the single issues because that tells them that you want more of it. And if you can, too, yeah, get each of them, because once again, the more the more that you speak with your dollars, the more people tend to listen. And I could take more Power Rangers, more Mighty Morphin specifically, Power Rangers. The more they give it to us, the more I'm going to spend money on it, much to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> and do what Nick did of subscribe to it, because if you leave it up to, well, I'll just get them as I'll keep a track of when they release and I'll go on day one. And guess what? Issue two are a lot less printed than issue one. Issue three is a lot less printed than issue two, because as the series goes on, people fall off of it. Some people only collect the number ones. So don't risk not getting that issue and missing one. And if you can settle for second or third prints, great. I'm sure those are coming. But otherwise, just sub to it. Just have them pull them aside for you. Go in and pick them up. Pick up what you ask them to put aside for you and, and they'll do the rest for you. So that's I would strongly recommend doing what Nick did. If you if you intend on picking them all up, just subscribe to it. I couldn't have said it better myself because it, it helps everybody. It helps the store. It helps you. It helps Power Rangers. It helps Godzilla. 
just do it. Just sub. And while you're at it, if you're subscribing to things, to subscribe to my podcast would be great. To subscribe to the Reasons I'm Broke podcast would be great. Go ahead and tell them where they can find that. Oh, thanks, Nick. I appreciate that. <laughs> you can head on over to thereasonsimbroke.com and you will find a link to everywhere you can find us and a link to everywhere you can follow us. Awesome, man. With that, go. we are heading on out of this episode. Another great one, of course, the great co-host that I have here, Daniel. You've been here since the very beginning, since even before this podcast. We've known each other. We've talked to each other. You've helped feed my dreams. You've been there for me. I really always appreciate it. Really, truly, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Nick, and I appreciate you being on The Reasons I'm Broke as well. That's that's really awesome. One of your buddies, uh, Parker, I don't know if you... If he, if he goes by that name if, as far as how you know him but he he joined our discord and he's like heard you on this podcast so um, i'm on the discord here i'm a friend of nick's or i've known him for so long so just wanted to give a quick shout out to parker as well who i know listens to buds bros my man yes parker is he's been on here and eventually he will come back we've been working on it like i said the schedule's been crazy but we're gonna get parker back on here to talk some kung fu movies or something nice <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a good time uh, with that, though, I thank everybody out there for all the support always. If you want to leave a comment, subscribe, do any of those fun internet things, that'd be great. But at the very least, I can always ask for it. If you could, a little bit of word of mouth, because if you have a friend who likes Buzz Bros or Superheroes, have I got a show for them? My name has been Nick James, been joined by the ever-awesome Daniel. Thanks, guys, so much, and Buds Bros and Superheroes are out of here. <laughs>